Hello and welcome to another episode of Love is a Battlefield, the podcast. I've actually put in the little title picture now, the DV podcast. Let's see how that goes. Welcome. This is episode 15 and it's called Bystander Effect. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of knew what this was, but I hadn't really looked into it until I literally lived through it. So today's going to have a story time as part of it, just to describe it and talk about what it is and how it happened to me. And this was actually a topic suggested by someone else, which is a really good idea because this is so prevalent in domestic violence and domestic abuse. So many victims slash survivors report this happening and it's devastating. So let's get into it. I don't have any jingly music. I decided not to destroy your ears with it. And I was listening to this other podcast recently and it's pretty successful and I really like it. And it's probably one of the only podcasts I listen to with one person. As you know, with one person, it's not as fun. It's not as energetic. There's not two people bouncing off each other like in commercial radio where I've worked before. So I was listening to this one for ages before I even thought of doing a podcast and there's no music. There's nothing. She's just chatting. She's all good. She swears a lot. It's amazing. (laughs) So I thought, oh, I don't have to have that annoying, irritating beat, (laughs) but you never know. We'll mix it up. We'll see what happens. That's how we are here. We just do what we do and we do it for you. And I don't know why I say we, because it's just me. I would love to have a team behind me like the professional, well-funded people who actually get paid podcasts, but that's not why we're doing this. I keep saying we. That's not why people like me, as in we, do this. It's for you. It's to help. It's to put the message out there that we wanted to hear when we went through it. So hopefully someone learned something. I'm learning things. We're all learning things. This is amazing. Let's get into it. So bystander effect. Let's flick over to Wikipedia because usually I get a quote from somewhere else, but today I'm going for Wikipedia because the bystander effect isn't just about domestic violence and domestic abuse. So Wikipedia says that the bystander effect or also known as bystander apathy is a social psychological theory that states that individuals are less likely to offer help to a victim in the presence of other people. You heard that right. There's actual psychologists that have come up with this theory that is, you know, based on a lot of research that people will not help people who need help. Like people will not help a victim if they believe there are other people around. Isn't that disappointing and shocking? Ugh. So anyway, this was first proposed in 1964 after the murder of Kitty Genovese. Now, the murder of Kitty Genovese is in the early hours of March 13 in 1964. Kitty, a 28-year-old bartender, was raped and stabbed outside the apartment building where she lived in Queens in New York City. Two weeks after the murder, the New York Times published an article that made the claim that 38 witnesses saw or heard the attack and not one of them called the police or came to her aid. Now, this incident prompted inquiries into what became known as the bystander effect, or some people have even called it the Genovese syndrome, named after Kitty, the victim herself. And the murder became this whole staple of many psychology textbooks that refer to that. 
Now, there are claims that, oh, New York Times was exaggerating. It wasn't 38. Of course, the New York Times wouldn't know the exact number of people in their units that definitely heard or saw something. But what they were describing was that the amount of people within hearing distance and that definitely there would have been a number of witnesses that did nothing. Now, the good news is her... It was not really much good news she was murdered, but her murderer was eventually found. It was a 29-year-old man called Winston, and he went to prison, sentenced to death, but then ended up doing life instead, and he died in prison on March 28, 2016, at the age of 81, having served 52 years. And apparently he confessed to that murder. So the psychology behind why we think like that they believe is if a person by themselves is asked to complete a task alone that the sense of responsibility is strong because it's all on you and all on your shoulders so therefore there's a positive response they do what they have to do however if a group is required to complete the task together each individual in the group will have a weak sense of that responsibility knowing that it's shared and will often shrink back in the face of difficulties or responsibility. So the psychologists investigating this, they did an experiment. They got a woman in distress and there were subjects that were either alone with a friend or with a stranger. They said the results were that 70% of the people alone called out or went to help the woman after they believed she had fallen and was hurt. But when paired with a stranger, only 40% offered help. So what does this have to do with domestic violence and domestic abuse? So I have already, I've actually shared a story about this uh, in the past, about how there was a woman being beaten in a car and it was opposite an accommodation I was at that had all these balconies facing it. And I guarantee you, guarantee, guarantee like 10 to 20 people minimum would have witnessed this. And I was the only one who called the police and the police decided not to come. And this woman in this car with this man was being assaulted, like really assaulted. And there was screaming. And if I was a man and hadn't just gone through DV myself, I would have run out there and said, Oi, what's going on? I was very tempted to. The lady on the police line said, No, don't go near there. The police will come. They lied. As you know, if you've heard me describing this story, I think it was several hours later, he called from his desk going, oh yeah, they're gone now, hey, it's all, you know, we don't have to come out there, hey. Not giving a flying one about this victim who was there for quite some time being beaten. And it was just, and it was just that typical bystander effect, not one person called. But the one story I'm not sure if I've shared this I don't think I have was my personal experience of this that was shocking and heartbreaking and frustrating so I'll try not to be all emotional and just get get it out get the words out the mouth and think and reflect on it later and dwell on it later okay so the an abuser the worst one ever broke into my house held me hostage, beat me. Um, I had nearly died from being strangled. And yeah, lots happened. I was held hostage for quite some time and I nonstop 
tried to escape, like I did everything and anything in my power to escape, and the weapon he had was his male muscle mass versus my female muscle mass, and that's what enabled him to hold me hostage, which was terrifying and scary and really disappointing when people try and minimize violence against women as a thing and keep every time there's any post on Facebook about violence against women people go what about men what about men men are the victims men are the victims and it's like if you have the muscle mass to be able to move that person out of the way like there's no actual weapon no guns knives and stuff and you can move them aside and escape from the building that's more than I could do and so there's like resentment or like more of a knowing and understanding of why violence against women is such an issue because I believe like pepper spray I've said this before pepper spray is illegal in my country yet men carry a weapon on them at all times and it is their testosterone fueled muscle mass the fact that they can overpower us physically at any time no matter our size or their size often like I mean, I don't know if you, when you were younger, you knew like some other young guys and you knew skinny ones and you thought, oh, I'll be able to, you know, I don't know if you're playing sport together or whatever, but you you saw that, wow, they actually are stronger than me. They can, you know, arm wrestles and whatnot or with siblings or whatever. I don't know your experience of that, but I definitely noticed that growing up and it wasn't until I was in that hostage situation, I really knew like, no. Nah, this is where it is violence against women is an issue because this man, the weapon he's using is on him 24 seven and his ability to keep himself safe, push me away. If I was the perpetrator, I'm not obviously. Uh, uh, and he is able to overpower me and attack me and hold me hostage just with his muscle mass it, it was so frustrating like please let us have pepper spray no Australia says no anyway so that's that whole sort of backstory as to being held hostage and and it really sucked and during the night I did everything and anything to get out I tried to get to every door I tried screaming using my voice calling out for help I tried google home but it like disconnected I tried like everything everything I did not stop fighting the whole time I was held hostage I didn't stop I was like I'm not going to be a statistic I'm going to get out of here and I put everything into it like I fought and fought and fought and as you heard just then part of that was using my voice trying to get the attention of neighbors trying to get help in any way I could and I know what I called out all the help the help me um, the screaming, everything. I know what would have been heard and I know these neighbours that and where their bedroom was and everything. So I had these neighbours that were very intrusive. They, they would come out the front all the time, walk their dog around the block and if they see a neighbour, they will go up to them and start asking questions. One time... One of them came to the door and pushed me, like, not pushed me. <laughs> no, what they did was they 
like stood really close to me so I would step back and then they kept doing that hoping I'd and they kept looking around they were trying to I mean they didn't say hey can I have a tour of your house I want to look inside because I'm nosy (laughs) but they'd stand right up to me this is the second time they came over the first time they're like hi and introduced and I thought oh wow I get to know my neighbor this is great like had a really good chat didn't know they were intrusive anything was odd at that point uh, they asked lots of questions but that's normal I thought and it was this couple that were I think they were in their 60s and they'd never had kids and they had a dog and so the first time yeah I met them and then another time I think and it was the the lady that was more of the intrusive one she came over and she made an excuse to sort of ask a question but she already knew the answer to it but she I remember I opened the door or something and she stood right near me so I had to take a step back I don't know if we went into the house or what the situation with the door was if it just hinged back by itself (laughs) I'm overthinking it now but and then she'd take another step into my personal space so I'd take a step back and every time she took a step forward she looked around so she was obviously trying to look in my house have a bit of a tour but she never said hey can I have a tour I wonder what this house looks like inside you know I've been she'd only been living next door uh, for a few months and so but she didn't say that she didn't verbalize that but she kept getting in my space like really weird it was really creepy freaky and then like hoping I'll take another step back so she can come in but she didn't like I think I did offer like oh do you want to come in for a cup of oh no 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 but like she wanted to walk around my house or look around so she kept step- stepping and hoping I'd take a step back and then I realized what she was doing. You know, you don't expect people to be like this. So it takes you a while to realize when someone is doing something inappropriate or kind of weird or off-putting or creepy. And so then she um, she tried to do it again. And I just stood there with her in my personal space thinking, no, if she wants to, like, she can use her words. Like, we, I'm very open, very friendly, very willing to get to know my neighbors, but... You're not going to do this weird hop in my personal space and intimidate me so I step back so you can look like around nosy like I've invited you in for a cuppa if you want but you're not so it just it was very odd and so I just stood there with her like right in my face and eventually she realized she wasn't getting whatever she wanted and went so they were quite odd and they would go for this walk and they would um, any neighbor they saw, they would grab them and ask them lots of questions. And, and you could see neighbors seeing them coming and kind of scooting inside because they would talk sort of at you for quite some time. And um, I think it was mostly her. And and I th- I, at first I thought they were lovely, but then I did realize they're quite intrusive and not respectful of people's boundaries. And then she would come up to me and tell me all the gossip and all the stuff about all the other neighbors and some pretty out there stories and that and so I thought oh you know okay so she's like that so watch what you tell her because obviously she's going to tell everyone else and and so after a while I just tried to take a step back because of that intrusiveness and that overstepping people's boundaries and stuff but so they were the neighbors that were directly next to the where I was held hostage and I know I know I know I was held hostage for okay I worked my butt off to get out of there so I was very lucky it was only 
eight or so hours of non-stop fighting to get out and you just think oh that's not too long and it was overnight too it was from like midnight to around 8 a.m but it was non-stop trying to get out fighting for my life like non-stop that it's a long time when you actually live it and spread it out and all the events and all the different beatings and having dog water poured on me um alcohol poured on me spit on um all the different throwing me this position and beating me throwing me on the ground and kicking me and head injuries and and like sorry if i'm like upsetting anyone by saying that i'll try not to go into too much detail but it was it was a long time but then again it wasn't like some of these things like years people are held for and so luckily this stalker ex of mine had not thought out the plan of what's next so like i know he considered killing me and it was wonder. I could just tell that he was like trying to figure out what he could do with the body. And then I think he knew he'd get in trouble. So he was just holding me. I don't know. I think he thought like these um, psychopaths think they're above everyone. And they think because he'd outwitted the law with the victim before me and was able to get away with it. I think there was a cockiness that came with that. And then being able to get away with so much DV with me, especially and convincing police of lies initially that we've discussed before. I think he had this, they grow this cockiness where they believe they truly are in control and have all the power and control even over like police and the law. And and I think that they get so cocky that they believe they can do something like this and convince you, don't tell anyone, just let me hold you hostage. I don't know. I honestly don't know what he expected. And I did ask during the night. There's actually recordings that were used in evidence of me asking to go to hospital and things. But anyway, so... They were directly next to this room where most of my holding hostage took place. And I know for a fact, like I know they heard, like even if they were asleep, I know that like, because every time I'd go in my backyard, day, night, two in the morning, anything like the next minute you'd hear them open the door and come out. And just stand there and listen. Like, you're like, what? You're like, um, you're talking about your stalker ex and DV, but we're actually concerned about this neighbor. <laughs> it was just this creepy intrusiveness. And I don't know what the deal was, but, and they were like that with every neighbor. It wasn't just me, which is good, <laughs> but I was directly next to them. Oh, the ones on the other side of them. They hated them because they had children that were under like a certain age and um, they passionately, they, they despised children. And um, so because they had children, oh, they didn't have children, but sometimes they babysat their grandkids. So not often. And when they babysat their grandkids, they felt offended and said, how dare they babysit their grandkids when they don't live there. And so that there was, and then the back neighbors, they said things about so they were just a bit odd with everyone but every time I opened the back door and you, you know how you can hear I don't know what kind of back doors you have where you live but we have these sliding doors or the doors where you can kind of hear it's been open I'd go out and I'd forget that they exist whatever during my thing and then they just you'd hear their door and then and they'd do this thing where they'd peg out they had um their laundry 
and they'd go in and out of the door with one piece at a time out to their clothesline while I was in the backyard only while I was in the backyard I know it sounds like I'm paranoid delusional making things up but this happened all it took me so long to figure it out and then I was like oh I'll just try to sneak out the back and do what I have to do eventually I got a new fence which they wanted too it was their idea too to get in which I thought was odd because you couldn't no longer see through the fence then I thought it was odd they wanted a new fence but we wanted it both of us agreed we wanted it because it looked better because the fence we had was not good so I think they wanted it for the aesthetics but I was quite surprised I thought but you can see me right now I don't know but when I was in the backyard so they'd open their door, come out with one piece, hang it on their line right next to the fence line, like right where I was, then stand there for a bit, go back inside, open the door, get another piece, close the door, open the door again, like with one piece for the line rather than a basket on a trolley or something. They just, yeah, and so it was kind of odd. But um, I just tried to think, oh, no, that's just how they hang out. They're washing. They've always done that. Like, it has nothing to do with me. Stop thinking the world revolves around you. You're not the main character. But it was kind of an odd thing that just this coincidence that every time I kind of open the back door, which you'd hear, and I'd go in the backyard to do whatever, suddenly that appear. <laughs> there was another time um, where um, the ex was chainsawing something we I have a chainsaw and I used it all the time and then one time he wanted a go of it or something and um then that neighbor started hosing them and then said oh I didn't know you were there they were chainsawing I don't know if you know the volume of a chainsaw and it's right next to them <laughs> like and this is when the fence you could see through it and everything like that and it and like she's just hosing the one this one spot right next to the fence because we're in the backyard and so she's like being all nosy and then I think she wanted to engage in conversation so she decided oh I'm going to pretend I hosed them accidentally to start a conversation but we're using we were using the chainsaw and which I used all the time long pole chainsaw long story of the garden I'm not going to get into that because that's like a tangent that's like a double tangent (laughs) let's not get into that but we were using the chainsaw and he wanted to go I think he was having a go at this point but I usually did it myself because it was my chainsaw my yard and that and this is when I had been with them at one stage uh briefly (laughs) um so yeah so they had this chain so we had the chainsaw on like so loud right you could see us you could hear things like it was pretty evident and then hosing looking hosing looking we're not going out of our way to put our heads over the fence and go hi how are you because by this stage I had learned that there was a bit of oddness there so I just kept it polite kept it friendly but didn't try and really over the top you know be intrusive myself or over the top try and engage and so they hosed us or him and said oh I didn't know you were there <laughs> it's a chase <laughs> yeah she knew so odd things like that but um yeah and every time I was in the backyard I'd just go out and then the next minute I'd hear their door and then when the fence was built they couldn't 
look over or look through it anymore, but you'd still hear the door. And, and But then I, I thought, you're going to get bored because I'm not saying any exciting conversations that you can hear through the fence now. Like, so, but I don't know. It was just a bit odd. I think they just like to know everything, everyone's business. And, and that's that. That's them. And there was no big drama or fight or anything. I kept things friendly and positive. I just sort of thought, that's a little bit creepy. So when I was held hostage, and I know, I know, I know, they would have heard. Like, you could have not not heard. Just could have not not. And I do know they wake up early as well. So they would have heard. In the, they would have heard and they would have been woken. Like, I know. I, I know it just sounds weird to say I know. Like, you think mm, maybe they're both in a super deep sleep and they slept in. And I don't know. I mean, no. <laughs> because I know when every time I went in the backyard and made any noise, they would appear and listen in or whatever. So I knew they had that nosiness. And so this bystander effect. Yeah, they didn't call the police. This is my whole point. Like, <laughs> hello, bystander effect. They did nothing. They didn't do anything. And, and, and there was this neighbor that lived across the road who um, I believe was a pedophile because their grown child came and confronted them about said child sexual abuse at the door. They heard this confrontation so and afterwards, and they were listening to the whole thing, waited till it ended, and then afterwards they came over and checked if the pedophile was all right and were all matey with him. When you clearly heard this adult man, who was this man's son, describing what this man did to him and saying, but I loved you, you were my dad. Like, this was really full on. And then they went over to support the man afterwards but they sat there watching it probably with popcorn um so I don't know why they sort of supported him afterwards if they weren't willing to do anything during it because it was he was this man that was the uh possible pedophile in the situation was in antagonizing his son and saying really triggering things to get a reaction at the door and the son just had emotion. You could just see he was just, you know, he had grown um, the guts to come and confront his father after however long. I mean, didn't know the details, but you could hear the story and what was being said. And you could hear the man lock himself behind a screen door and antagonize this son. I've got all these stories for you, hey? And, and, and things got heated, but they didn't do anything then to like I wouldn't help a pedophile because things that have happened to my kids which is a whole other story um and something I'm not willing to go near it too much but um at this stage it's it's a lot so I was not going to assist someone like that I was rooting for the survivor who had come to confront and I thought him antagonizing behind the door and trying to get a reaction out of this person and being really cruel. You could hear her saying some really cruel things. It was just not on. And I was actually shocked that these people went over to support him, waited till it was finished, then went over to support the um, possible uh, pedophile person. And 
I found so obviously they had bystander effect like when something's happening like if they actually were on his side wouldn't they have come and tried to like help during it and it like because they were being very supportive afterwards I didn't want to help because I'm not helping a pedophile I'm like go for it this is your father and you're, he's done what you're saying he's done that you yeah you have a voice have a voice uh, so anyway that's a whole tangent there but that's another incident but they had gone over after to sort of help and it was late at night and they heard and this was not right next to them their bedroom like when I was held hostage this is like way over this wide road this person had a very big front yard it was not as close as my situation so when I was held hostage and the noise that came from there I know they heard and they did nothing they didn't even call the police they did nothing and they were dead to me at that point like I survived and got out of hospital and came home and I was just I reflected on it and I just thought I was just hurt I was so heartbroken I was like how could you not how could you have heard what I know you heard and have done nothing and so I just avoided them because I didn't want to project what had happened to me at them it wasn't their fault they didn't hold me held me hostage they didn't beat me they didn't try and kill me they didn't do any of those crimes to me one person did it the perpetrator it wasn't their fault but I felt so much resentment and hurt that they didn't even bother calling the police they could have anonymously called the police they didn't even bother I mean that night with the man at the door of the other man it went on for some time they didn't call the police then either I didn't because I'm rooting against the pedophile for my own personal experiences and I'm supporting that man. I don't want that man to be in trouble for confronting his father. However, they obviously were so pro-pedo. <laughs> I don't know the situation there, but they didn't call the police then. So, but in this situation, like this situation, it was so obvious and they didn't. And But I didn't want to talk to them because I didn't want to. I felt so much emotion about it that it would have come out as anger and I would have been projecting all of my what happened to me at them and it wasn't their responsibility it wasn't their fault but in a way it kind of was like you're the neighbor that's close you can hear what's happening it kind of is like a responsibility just call the police like anonymously if you want but just tell someone get someone help but they didn't but I didn't want to confront them about it I had enough going on but I had a lot of emotion about it and I knew that it would just like, so I tried to stay away. I'd hear them or see them and I would like hide inside and just be like, no. And then I was moving and um, family was there helping me and it was a situation where I had to go in the front yard and they, one of them came out and tried to talk to me and I think I just said something and I just said, I'm sorry, I, I started like crying and I or something and I said I'm sorry I can't do this and I walked back in I couldn't I couldn't speak to them I was and I because it would have come out as anger and I didn't want to blame them for what happened to me I was very upset they didn't call but I didn't want to I couldn't put it into words where it wouldn't sound like I'm angry at them and it's their fault it wasn't their fault what happened to me but I felt so hurt 
And then the people that were there helping me went and told them, yeah, so you heard nothing, hey, apparently. And they're like, no, no. These people, you could have a pin drop in there, like looking over the fence, like they heard. And um, so that just, that's the bystander effect. When neighbors can all hear a situation, you assume another neighbor will call for help. My advice to all people, despite your situation with domestic violence, is if you hear something, say something, call. Call anonymously. Say, no, I don't want to give my details if you feel more comfortable with that. But I just wanted to let you know. And and I know when you call, they can be a bit annoying, but you just get the information across, hang up, job done. You've told someone. Don't assume neighbors will, because I know we all think that. We think, oh, no, someone would have said something. I mean, it's even like if there's a pothole in the road, everyone assumes someone else has told the council. Maybe even in those situations, do something. I try not to because I know that I can get everything I've been through, the trauma and everything. I can. I don't want to sort of dwell on like negative things. But if, but that situation where I saw that woman after all this I'd been through, getting hurt, I called the police and I was the only one, and I was treated like. I was exaggerating, there's something wrong. Like, I can tell you, it was not a pretty sight to see. It was very triggering. And and it wasn't me just projecting what I'd been through. Like, this, they needed to attend this situation. And the fact that no one else called, it really shocked me. And it, it did shock me that there were men and women who would have witnessed that and not one just went out to say, hey, what are you doing? I think a group of people, like, there were families, like, groups of people, like, n- like a couple of people could have gone out together and just said, hey, maybe stop trying to murder that person or something. It was just weird. But I rang and I didn't want to ring because of what I'd been through. I didn't want to be involved in something like that. Like for me, of all the people, of all the witnesses, I should have been the one that didn't call because it was too close to home and I didn't want to project my own stuff on it. I didn't want anything to do with it. So I thought I'd call just to make sure someone did and I was shocked but no one else called I could not believe it so if you hear anything don't assume other neighbors will if you hear smoke alarms and fire or anything just call and if they call and they say oh yeah we've already had some calls about that excellent but I can guarantee you you're probably going to be the only call because everyone thinks you're going to do it all the neighbors think you're going to do it so do it and just spread that message if you're talking to people if things come up bystander effect and that a woman was raped and murdered in front of an entire apartment building in the middle of Queens in New York and surrounded by apartment windows and buildings and no one assisted or called the police. I have spoken to many survivors who have reported the same and they I've read many articles of many survivors saying I wish the neighbours called to help. We have shame and a lot of the times we don't really want, well, we think we don't want it, but at the end of the day, when you look back, you're like, I wanted it. In that situation where I was held hostage, oh, I wanted it, I wanted help. Oh, the thing is, to me, he had an opportunity to murder me and because nothing was done and no one called and no police came he was able to make the decision whether to kill me or not because he had plenty of time up his sleeve 
holding me hostage and I just yeah he if he had made the decision oh yeah I think I can dispose of this body and get rid of everything and DNA and have no evidence I was here I think he realized there's CCTV which was used against him in the courts and everything I believe like if he had made the decision to kill he would have and I could have been dead and they would have had to live and that's the thing they would have had to live with the fact that they heard me being murdered and did nothing and so if you hear something say something because if it turns out that that person is murdered you're gonna feel like really crap if you did nothing if it turns out oh they're just having a bit of a argument and it was nothing don't feel oh I'm too dramatic I did too much no and it's good like if they hear that people care it's good bit of a few story times in there a very random one in the middle uh to support what it is and how it's happened to me and that lady that was i had to call about and it happened to her although in the end the police didn't care <laughs> you get that but that's not see that's not on me if i hadn't have called and she ended up being murdered and you know it became public and this car was here and that did anyone see it Oh, imagine how you'd feel. So the bystander effect is a thing. And if you have gone through DV or are in an abusive relationship, just know that people do that. When they assume there are others around, they will likely not help. And it's a psychological thing. It's a social psychological thing in our brains. It's how we work. And it's really disappointing. So just try and stay safe. Always stay safe. Do what you can. Email me, loveisabattlefieldpodcast at gmail.com. So I'll chat to you next time. I was thinking uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are only two days apart for the episode, so maybe it should be like a Monday and Friday or a Tuesday and Friday or maybe Tuesday and Friday. <laughs> hey, I don't get paid. <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> I can chop and change it. I hate it when I'm listening to a podcast that I like. And then they start changing the format and changing the days and then hosts come and go. And then there was one I was listening to and one of the hosts just randomly quit. And I was like, oh, did they have a fight? And then another one came and it was like, we're warming up to this new one. And then they're like, yep, we're going to have a break for two weeks for Christmas and New Year's or something. And we were like, okay. And then they never came back. And then every time like a fan of the show would message one of the hosts from it, they would just go, oh, yeah, soon, soon. And now it's been like years or a year or something. And no, they never came back and they never explain why. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Because it was one of those paid ones when they got money and it was run by a group of people in a special studio. So they can't quickly come on and say, hey, they would have had to have officially had a programming schedule to have an episode to explain. And, and so the people who are in the suits that make the decisions would go oh no don't bother doing that we can the show or something like that whereas with me I can just go oh yeah let's do it here let's do it there casual let's do what we can to help others and hope that everyone can stay safe and I really hope that no one goes through what I went through but unfortunately each and every day so many of you are and it's absolutely heartbreaking if there's anything I can do to help let me know email me. Love ya. Stay safe. Bye legends.